0: Church, as you make your way to your seats, the Horn family is going to lead us in our call to worship this morning and our Advent reading.
1: The clans of Judah, one will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of the ruler's brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of the Lord, in the majestic name of the Lord his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth. He will be their peace. Today, we light the faith, or Bethlehem, candle, declaring our faith in the Savior, who is to be born in Bethlehem.
0: And let's stand to our feet and begin our time of worship as we sing Joy to the World. Sing this together, Joy to the World joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her... Joyful sound of our offering. As your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves. Our God saves. Of your love and wonders of your love and wonders, wonders of your love. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you lifted on. our God saves our God saves Our God saves. Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Joy to the world! The Lord. Is And do you believe he rules the world? Jesus Christ is our king, and we have gathered to worship his name. Amen.
2: Let's continue singing together.
0: Sing this together. Angels from the realms of glory. flight o'er all the earth. You who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. in the fields abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with man is now residing, yonder shines the infant light.
2: Come and
0: worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. He Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. No matter no matter way I'm way, I'm The newborn King. God is with us. Even now, His love is here. Sing this to your neighbors. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. Let's encourage one another with these words. God is with us. Even now, His love is here. His love is here amen you amen you you are the God who saves us worthy of all our praises. God is with us. Isn't that good news? Amen. Grab a seat. Testing. There we go. So let me try that.
3: Good morning. I'm Pastor Sean, and uh, good to see you at worship here this morning. We're glad that we can worship uh, the newborn king. We are worshiping uh, the second Sunday of Advent. Hopefully you heard that part. Uh, we are worshiping the God who has come and is coming again. Amen. Oh, you remembered your part. Good. Uh, We're glad that you're here this morning. If you are uh, with us for the first time, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We want to get to know you and connect with you. In uh, In the pew in front of you, there is a connect card in one of the slots. I hope that you would pick that up. Fill that out between now and the end of the service and uh, stop by our next steps desk that is in uh, through the double doors and to the left. Uh, we have a gift waiting for you if this is your first Sunday with us. Uh, we hope that you uh, will uh, stop by so we can get to know you a little better, connect with a life group, or just get to know Hebrew Baptist Church a little bit better. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we are also have the opportunity, uh, we're glad to see you members this morning uh, that you've come to worship. Some of you at home, glad to see you all worshiping at home with us today. Uh, One of the ways that we can worship is that we give of our tithes and offerings, that is a way to give back to the Lord and show our thanksgiving to Him. And so you can do that by uh, uh, scanning the QR code that is right there on the screen in front of you at your home, or in the pew in front of you, there's a way to give online, or you can give in the boxes in the back of the room, uh, or you can give uh, throughout the week, uh, Monday through Thursday 9 to 4 and Friday 9 to noon as well as you can email P.O. Box 92 hebron kentucky 41048 we hope that you would give this time of season and especially remember uh, the challenge and pledge to give to the lottie moon christmas offering we'll see a video about that later in our service next sunday we will have our march to the manger and so if you're thinking about giving a gift we encourage you and challenge you to bring a gift next sunday as we participate in our giving through the uh, lottie moon christmas offering next week and i'll talk more about that in a a little bit I want to spend a little bit of time this morning to uh, for some of you know and some of you who don't know we have the the exciting opportunity to celebrate something special that happened two days ago two days ago uh on december 3rd 60 years ago hebron baptist church was started amen that's exciting Yes, that's exciting. Actually, back in 1958, a group from uh, San Ron Baptist Church, our, our mother church, so to speak, began meeting in a storefront two years later on December 3rd, 1961. This church constituted as a church. What an amazing gift from the Lord that that. Christians in this area knew that people here in Hebron needed to be reached by by another church and 60 years later God has done some amazing things. And to kind of commemorate that, we're going to show a video that we showed actually two years ago but we started to look back at it and thought you know what these are some of the great stories that need to be told again and so many of you have joined since then that we want you to see this amazing video of some of our members who have been here for many years and basically what God did to get this church started so let's watch that video together now.
4: that was interesting was
5: that was interesting was when we had vacation bible school or sunday school or church we had to go and set up chairs for the services and we had a few rooms for the children to have um, sunday school but the adults met in the four corners of the auditorium and that's where we had our sunday school we had um, a choir it was small but we did have a choir we had vacation Bible school, but one thing when you're in a mission setting and running in a building, you have to carry everything home. So, if you taught a child's class after church, you had to pack up all your stuff in a box, and a lot of times we just kept it in our trunks of our car or carried it back and forth. So, it was. Um, a little bit of work setting up for our services because it had to be taken down every day. We had vacation Bible school, and of course, we couldn't have all the fancy things that we have today, but we did. The children learned about Jesus loving them, and uh, we taught them about missions and Bible stories. And so, uh, one thing I learned from that is that. You don't have to have everything special. You don't. Ha- you can just teach them the love of God and stories from the Bible, and teach them that Jesus loved them. And that's what we tried to do.
4: We, had, well, we borrowed money to uh, buy the property. I guess I was we borrowed it up three. I think about three times we borrowed money from the Hebrew Bank, and uh, to be able to buy the property in the basement and in the extra to build a parking lot, and so on like that. So Hebron, we had about three loans from him. And when he got to about another hundred twenty-some thousand dollars to build to build the church, they, you know, they they thought, well, they didn't want to go another hundred thousand dollars with us. Under one of the deacons that was on the committee, the building committee, he said, "Well, son, you have locked our doors." I said, "What do you mean?" Said there ain't no way we can pay $122,000 for this. Is you, we must have well throw the keys away. You had unlocked our door. So he chewed me out a big time <laughs> for borrowing $122,000. But anyway, uh, we never missed the payments for the house. Uh, the building My
5: dad and I would go up on Sunday morning and set the chairs up for church and take them down on Sunday night. That was my first job. <laughs> and so. He helped me do that. Our Bible schools were full. We would take our cars, we didn't have to have seat belts. so you piled everybody you could in your car, took them to Bible school. It was a nine to 12 in the daytime for eight days. And it was quite an experience, I think, for uh, our children to, there with the activities, their friends, church friends. They bring their school friends. So that was a blessing to the community then.
4: Also,
0: uh, have visited uh, I'd say four decades. Uh, Carl Pepper and uh, Cleveland Giles. And during that period of time, we've been turned away
2: plus. Uh, which I thought was a good record. The uh, time that we have spent together
0: was, uh, was glorious. And I can give all the praise to the Lord.
3: just want to take a second to the church happens to be a building, uh, but the church, we know biblically, is the people. Uh, and we are thankful for the many people who sacrificed, who planned, who prayed, who worked, who shared the gospel, who taught Sunday school, who, who did so many things to give their life uh, to the effort and ministry of Hebrew and Baptist Church. So just for a second... If you have, uh, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you a question. Stand and remain standing, okay? If you have been part of the church, a member of the church for 50 plus years, would you stand and remain standing? Let's give them a hand, right? Now stay, stay standing. If you've been a member of the church for, uh, let's go 25 years or more, would you stand up? 25 years or more. Now, stay standing. Now, if you have been members of the church for 10 years or more, would you stand up and stay standing? 10 years or more. 10 years or more. Thank you all for stay standing. Thank you all for your faithfulness. Stay standing. (laughs) Now, if you've been, if you've come a member since I've been here, which is the last eight years, would you stay standing? Or if you've been nine to ten years or under, let's let's do that. If you've been in the last ten years, would you stand up? Hey, praise God. We're thankful for everybody. Amen. All right, now you can sit down. Now you can sit down. We're, we uh, want to see that God has been working for a long time in the, in the lives of Hebron Baptist Church members and together impacting our community for Christ. This past month, uh, I wanted to show you, there's, I want you to see one thing, that a mission church that was started in Hebron, Kentucky, many people can say, oh, you know, it's just a small church. It doesn't have any impact whatsoever. Well, hogwash. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, the, His church is powerful and can reach the entire world. Uh, just for an example, this past month, Hebrew Baptist Church has been honorized, uh it's been shown with grateful appreciation that this past year, Hebrew Baptist Church and their members, the members of Hebrew Baptist Church has given over a million dollars to the Cooperative program, Since its existence I mean that is pretty awesome Praise God That means Over a million dollars has been given To fund missionaries across the globe Who have fund church planters In North America Who have helped raise up the next generation Of pastors And missionaries through seminaries Guys this is a big impact In the name of the Lord Praise God for that that's very exciting, but think also of the many people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ over the years, that their eternity has been changed because of the ministry of Hebron Baptist Church. Uh, that's overwhelming to think that the halls of heaven are different, different because of the faithfulness of the people of Hebron Baptist Church. We've sent out missionaries to the mission field full-time this church has not only impacted northern Kentucky, but he's impacted the world. So thank you, Hebron Baptist Church. We're thankful for all who have come before us and those who will come to Christ and will join us uh, in the future. We're thankful for that. And let's give one more praise to the Lord for his faithfulness for 60 years and many more to come. Now, we plan to have a big shindig and a, and a, a, a If y'all don't speak Southern, that's a party. Uh, We're going to have a a time together uh, in the spring when it's a little warmer and we can do a little bit more and maybe have some some of our friends back. Uh, We didn't want to do it here during the holiday season and craziness, so uh, we will be doing something in the spring even more, but we didn't want this date to go by without being thankful to the Lord. For it, and so uh, let me go to the Lord in prayer for all of us as well as uh, thanksgiving to our church, and we'll continue in our worship. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful this morning to celebrate 60 years of faithfulness. uh, First Lord of you, that the Great Commission uh, came through Hebrew Baptist Church, San Run Baptist Church, and the people and the charter members that began this church 60 years ago. We're thankful that they saw the need. Of reaching people in this area. And we're thankful, Lord, that God, you have done a work here and you've done many grateful things through every member, through every person, uh, through anyone who has served an hour or more, or more each week uh, to the faithfulness of Hebrew Baptist Church. And many, many things that get done seem arduous and hard. But, Lord, it is the overall work of the kingdom that you are doing through vacation Bible schools, through Sunday school, through kids ministry, youth ministry, through the Sunday morning worship, through everything that's happened. Lord, you are raising people up in your name. You are sending people out with the gospel. And, Lord, you are saving people. And we are so thankful for that. So, Lord, we're thankful for the faithfulness. We're thankful for those who have sacrificed. We pray those who have gone into glory before us. We are thankful for their sacrifice and, uh, Lord, for what they have done. And we are thankful for the ones that we don't even know yet, but you do, that will be part of Hebron Baptist Church in the future. We are thankful for what you have done and will do. And, God, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen. And what it, a big part of what it means to be a church is to gather around and to, to, to sing to each other and to hear from God's word, but most importantly, to gather around a truth. And that specific truth that we gather for and we spread to go tell other people about it is the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, who rose again on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and, and intercedes for us. So would you stand to your feet and let's declare our collective faith in Jesus Christ, who is our rock and our steady anchor. <laughs>
1: I'll never somehow oh my soul now lift your eyes to calvary this my As we face the wave of death, when these trials give way to glory, as we draw our final breath, we will cross that great horizon, clouds behind and life secure, and the calm will be the better for the storm. shore of our Our salvation salvation ever fade
0: be seated
3: turn in your copy of God's word to Ruth chapter 2 turn in your device, or hopefully your copy of God's Word that you have in your lap there will be in chapter 2 of Ruth. Uh, you can look in the pew Bible in front of you to Ruth chapter 2 and follow along in the translation that you, um, that I will be reading from. If you don't have a Bible, we believe the Bible is so important to us, and you don't have a Bible, we hope that you would let us know. We have some out at the Next Steps desk that so we would love for you to have as your own, So that you can read God's word on your own throughout the week. So please stop by there uh, if that's something that you need. We're continuing in our series of House of Bread. Last week we learned that that's the name of Bethlehem. That's what it means. Bethlehem means House of Bread. We talked about how uh, in starvation that Naomi and Ruth came back to the House of Bread after God's blessings. And we also are coming to be reminded of God's we were, were reminded of God's faithfulness to us even when we're not faithful to Him. Today we're going to look again, uh, we looked at the hope that we had in God uh, through His faithfulness. Today we're going to look at putting our faith in God and being challenged this time of year at Christmas that we should be putting our faith in Christ, putting our faith in God, because what we read in the chapter 2 of Ruth and the connection of Bethlehem and the birth of God's Son that we we can place our faith in him. So let's read uh, chapter 2, and uh, I will begin in verse 1. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character from Elimelech's family. His name was Boaz. Ruth, the Moabitess, asked Naomi, Will you let me go into the fields, gather fallen grain from behind someone with whom I find favor? Naomi answered her, go ahead my daughter so Ruth left and entered the field to gather grain behind the harvesters she happened to be in the portion of the field belonging to Boaz who was from Elimelech's family later when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem he said to the harvesters the Lord be with you the Lord bless you they replied Boaz asked the servant who was in charge of the harvesters whose young woman is this The servant answered, She is a young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. She asked, Will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came and has been on her feet since early morning, except she rested a little in the shelter. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field, and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. For uh, haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. She fell face down, bowed to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor with you, so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law, since your husband's death, have been fully reported to me, how you left your father and mother in your native land, how you came to a people you didn't previously know, May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. My Lord, she said, I have found favor with you, for you have comforted and encouraged your servant, although I am not like one of your female servants. At mealtime, Boaz told her, Come over here and have some bread and dip it in the vinegar sauce. So she sat beside the harvesters. And he offered her roasted grain. She ate and was satisfied and had some left over. When she got up to gather grain, Boaz ordered his young men, let her even gather grain from among the bundles and don't humiliate her. Pull out some stalks from the bundles for her and leave them for her to gather. Don't rebuke her. So Ruth gathered grain in the field until evening. She beat out what she had gathered. It was about 26 quarts of barley. She picked up the grain and went into town. Where her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, she brought out what she had left from her meal and gave it to her. Her mother-in-law said to her, where did you gather barley today? And where did you work? May the Lord bless the man who noticed you. Ruth told her mother-in-law, whom she had worked with, and said, the name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may the Lord bless him, and because he has not abandoned his kindness to the living or the dead, Naomi continued, The man is a close relative. He is one of our family redeemers. Ruth of Moabite said, He also told me, Stay with my young men until they have finished all of my harvest. So Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Ruth, my daughter, it is good for you to work with his female servants so that nothing will happen to you in another field. Ruth stayed close to Boaz's female servants and gathered grain, Until the barley and wheat harvest were finished And she lived with her mother-in-law Let us pray Heavenly Father We come to you thankful for your inspired and perfect word It has been handed down to us Not just so that we might have a warm feeling of a story of your kindness But instead it would instruct us in our faith And instruct us to glorify you more Heavenly Father, may we come to understand your word, and may we glorify you all the more because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Christmas, we as Christians stake our salvation on the birth of a baby at Bethlehem. Many outsiders seem to think that that's a giant leap too far. We as Christians know that this is the, the essence or the, uh, the foundations of our faith. We know and believe that the God of the universe stepped out of heaven, came fully wrapped in humanity, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, that he lived a perfect life and went to a cross to die so that those who place their faith in him will have eternal life. This is an essential Element and belief of our faith. But it's not surprising that the world thinks that this might be a leap too far. It's hard for them to believe in something uh, supernatural in this way. But look at the way that the world places their faith in. Look as just in this holiday, we place our faith in a lot of different things in this world money, power, fame passions. This time of year, what do we put our faith in? Creating the perfect Christmas experience. We do so by racking our brain with months on end, thinking of the perfect gift that we know that will make our children or our family member or our friend light up with significance that somehow we will bring to it significance to the world from this perfect gift that we have given them. Well, friends, if we put our faith in that, that is very shaky faith. Every parent can attest that every gift that we have thought would bring delight to our child, that they open it up and would much rather play with the box than the gift that they've been given. Or the gift that we thought would bring happiness and satisfaction to them breaks in 24 hours, or by March, the new version has come out. We know that trying to find our faith or putting our faith in something that will bring satisfaction will not come by what we chase at Christmas. Heck, Wendy reminded me this week that it's the 36th anniversary of me not getting the gift that I've wanted, which is the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier that came out in 1985 and is still not under my Christmas tree. <sighs> My faith in Santa is shaking. <laughs> Christmas is really a time for us at Christians to put our faith not in stuff or of this world, but put our faith in God again. It is a reminder God came to us that with we believe on him, eternal life can be found. In Ruth chapter, uh, Ruth chapter 2, we see faith play an essential role here in act two of the four act story of Ruth and Naomi. By faith Ruth trusted in the Lord to provide for her. By faith Ruth trusted that she would be cared for by putting herself in his care. By faith she was trusting herself to God to provide. And just as Ruth put her faith in God in Bethlehem, so too we can we put our faith in God who sent his son at Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. We as Christians may need to put our faith in him more today. Or maybe someone here or someone watching at home needs to put your faith in Christ for the first time. The events of the life of Ruth in Bethlehem, the events of the birth of Christ in Bethlehem remind us of a great God in whom we owe our faith. So in this passage, there are three reasons at Christmas we can place our faith in God. Number one, if you're taking notes on the back of the bulletin or in your phone or at home, number one, at Christmas, we can have faith that God has been at work all along. At Christmas, we can have faith that God has been at work all along. Well, as we open chapter 2, the first verse begins to introduce a new character, Boaz. He is described as a prominent man of noble character. In other translations, simply a worthy man. This term, gibor, is the word that is used there to describe Boaz. Literally, it means a man, a mighty one, wealthy, powerful and great character. That's a lot for one word, but that's what we see and understand and are introduced to Boaz. Boaz is helpful because Gibor, or this word mighty, is used only to describe people, but to describe God Himself. It is to describe this worthy, mighty God who brings upon salvation. This one that is described in Isaiah 9:6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty, or Gabor, God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Now, we know that because of the story, we know the end before Ruth does, and we know that God is setting Boaz as the redeemer, the caretaker, the one who is a picture of the redeemer who is to come. And this Boaz sets us up to see that God is already at work. Ruth and Naomi are poor, are hungry, don't know how they're going to take care of themselves, but friends, God is at work. God is already at work. Writing their story, in these beginning verses, it's wonderful to see that the mighty God is the Word directing the path and provisions for Ruth and Naomi, and we see this in a snapshot of two different ways. First of all, God had already ordained through the law that those who are in need can go and get provisions from people, uh, from Jewish people, through through gleaning of the fields. And many, many thousands of years early, excuse me, a couple thousand years earlier when the law was written that God had written a provision that those who were poor could glean or come to the fields and take what's on the ground for provision. It was a way for those to be taken care of who had a need. There was also a law that at the edges of the fields were not to be harvested so that those who were poor could come and get what they needed. We see that God was already taking care of Ruth's needs when she put her faith in him, when she said, your God will be my God. This God was a God who was already taking care of her. Second, God directed her to a field in which Boaz owned, whom we know ultimately will provide and ultimately be the redeemer of the line. In verse 3, we see this wonderful phrase. Uh, It says... That, so Ruth left and entered the the field. She happened to be. Now, literally in the Hebrew, it says her chance chanced upon the allotted portion of the field. That she, by chance, had come. Now, if you're reading this, you know, and the reader knows, that what the writer is saying. That God has already put this together that this was not happenstance, this wasn't a stroke of good luck, but that God, the provider who is sovereign, directing all things for his glory, has put her into the field of her kinsman redeemer. Now, brothers and sisters, Christians, if you're watching at home, please, this is my opportunity, maybe every so often, to please, to beseech you, to ask you, to instruct you, possibly even with the threat of a punch in the throat. (laughs) Please stop talking about good luck and chance. You cannot read the Bible and see that things are happening by chance. This is not a world that is without order. This is a God, a sovereign of the universe who is directing our paths and directing our lives. Nothing is happening to us without the direction of the Lord. So when something good goes well, we need to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, not how lucky we are. Please stop saying that. When something good happens to us, we need to say blessed be the name of the Lord that he has brought this good thing to us. If something bad happens to us, what do we say? Blessed be the name of the Lord because God is still working all things. Please stop thinking and and putting up and propping up this pagan, unbiblical, unfaithful, unrighteous, horrible, and stupid belief of luck. Back to the original sermon. (laughs) Instead, brother and sister, we need to understand that God is taking care of Ruth. And it should encourage us all the more to put our faith in Him. There is no situation in which He is not present, there is no situation in which He is not guiding. We must place our faith in Him because He is at work. And how do we know this? Because a thousand years later from the line of Ruth and Boaz we receive the Savior of the world, the line of David, Jesus is born of a virgin, the Redeemer of the world comes. He is at work. We can put our faith in Him. This didn't happen out of luck. Jesus didn't become good enough all of a sudden that He bestowed deity. He was not just a great teacher But God, before the foundation of the world, had ordained and planned and directed that he himself would come as the savior of the world. Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God is at work. And God is directing and redeeming and if he is directing the redeemer coming to save us, then we can place our faith in him for all things in our lives. Because he's at work. So teenagers, look, it is a difficult time for to live i know middle school to high school can be some of the most difficult days of your life your friend this year some for some reasons not your friend next year there's a lot of things happening that you can't really put your hands around everybody's asking you every day where are you going to go to college where are you going to go to college what are you going to do these are big things for you to think about Can I encourage you put your faith in God he's working even though that you don't feel it trust in him rest in him parent maybe you're a parent of someone who's older adult or maybe a younger child and you've been fretting about them walking away from God or not trusting in God you've prayed you've cried in your pillow You've done everything you can to know what you can do to to help your child see the wonders and glories of God. Can I encourage you? Place your faith in him. He's working. He's doing what only he can do, and that's saving. Should you be sharing your faith? Yes. Should you be putting an environment where the gospel is repeated and shown and encouraged and, and, and that you're encouraging if your child is under 18, you're bringing them, maybe, maybe dragging them to church? Yes, you should be doing those things because they need to meet with God, they need to meet with Jesus, they need to be under his word, and they need to be, be with God's people. But you can't save them. And as much as your heart is breaking and aching, I encourage you, God is still at work. Put your faith in him. And he is at work in every situation in our lives. And at Christmas, we can be reminded and affirmed that God is at work, and we can place our faith in him. Number two. At Christmas, we can have faith to put ourselves under his sovereign care. At Christmas, we can have faith to put ourselves under his sovereign care. So as we continue reading in verse 4, Boaz rolls up to his field, and he's taking a look out, and he sees Ruth, and she's somebody different that she's see, he's seen there before. And so he asks, who is this? And if you kind of get from the words, you can notice that the foreman or the supervisor is, is a little kind of unsure because she's, he's like, Well, this is a foreigner, and this is someone I know that you don't know, and I know that this could be something that you'd be embarrassed about. So kind of, Boaz, what do you want me to do about this? We hear that Ruth is working hard. She is working diligently. She is honest. And obviously, the story of what she's done committing to Naomi has reached Boaz's ear. So what do we find? Boaz was completely overwhelmed by Ruth's kindness to Naomi and her faith in the Lord. Boaz then, as he's talking to Ruth, encourages her, tells her to continue on in her kindness And he does something amazing, praise that God would bless her faithfulness to the Lord. In Ruth chapter 12, sorry, Ruth 2, chapter, uh, verse 12, he says, May the Lord reward you for what you have done. May you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Boaz believes that Ruth's actions deserves more than just his recognition. It deserves the reward of the Lord. He longs for the Lord to re- reward her in full. And Boaz believes that Ruth has done as a, what she has done as a result of our, her faith in God. And of course we know that that she has said, your God will be my God. She has placed her trust in the God of Israel, the God of Naomi, that he will provide. And similarly, we know that the writer of Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So while faith-fueled actions may go unnoticed by other people, they do not go unnoticed by the Lord. So in this, Boaz is encouraging her and praying that God would reward her for her faithfulness to God. But the Lord is not only a rewarder, he's also a refuge. Boaz commends Ruth, commands Ruth for abandoning the Moab gods and taking refuge under the wings of the Almighty God. That powerful phrase at the end is a phrase that is repeated throughout the Old Testament to talk, Testament, to talk about how God has put His faithful provision and care over Israel, over the Jewish people, over His covenant people. And the Lord is giving a refuge under His wings. The image of finding refuge under the Lord's wings carries this protection and nurturing care, similarly to what Jesus says when he later says, Oh, Jerusalem, I wish you would come under the care of the Lord as uh, a hen gathers her brood under her wings. This is a significance to say that if you trust in God, if you put your faith in him, you are putting your faith in him as a sovereign caretaker one who cares for you and loves you and will give you protection, rest, and blessing. And it reminds us that we can place our faith in God ourselves because we know it is under his refuge that later will bring about from Bethlehem the redeemer of the world, the one who takes care of all of our needs. It's one thing for God to provide us for a empty stomach, but it's another thing for someone to take care of our empty heart full of sin. We know that that Redeemer came. He came and has provided for us, and I am thankful for a God who redeemed me because I know, brothers and sisters, I know how sinful my heart can be, I know how quickly it can turn inward to self, selfishness and self-righteousness. I know that there is nothing good in me that would ever bring God to love me, but I know and am thankful for God who sent his son to die for me. Ephesians 2, 4-7 reminds us, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses you are saved by grace he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus as Ruth found shelter under the wings of God and provision for food. We come under the wings of God for our salvation. Get it? We were saved by grace, not by something we have done. Ruth did nothing except for place her faith in God and go out and hope that some field might be just enough for her to be taken care of. But God directed her path and God saved her through her faith. So brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded that God is someone that we can place our faith in for everything in our life, but ultimately because we know we can place our faith in him for salvation. God shows us through Ruth that it is her faith that has saved her. And brothers and sisters, it's a reminder to us that it's only our faith That saves. Brother and sister, may I remind you that it is not that you are saved because you have been raised in the south, in a Christian part of the world? You will not be saved because you feel or come to the conclusion that Judeo-Christian principles seems the most logical choice for you. Brother, sister, you will not be saved because you donate money or time or charity or even to the church. Brother, sister, you will not be saved because your grandparents or your family went to church or was even a charter member at a church like ours celebrating our 60th anniversary. There is no way for us to be saved outside the grace of God coming through Jesus Christ. And us putting our faith in him there is nothing that we can do so you at christmas received a gift that was bought for you at calvary that you received into your heart that you follow him as lord that you give your life to him that you're born again that you repent of your sins and follow him and this is how we know that we can put our lives in his sovereign care John Piper observes in this text, God is not an employer looking for employees. He's an eagle looking for people who will take refuge under his wings. He's looking for people who will leave father and mother and homeland or anything else that may hold us back from a life of love under the wings of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we need to thank God today for his provision and rescue and protection. And for his eternal grace. It is sad that people reject Christ's salvation and his rest. This Christmas, may we put our faith in him. May we be committed to sharing this grace with all who will listen. And may we, if someone's here, I pray, would place your trust in Christ under the care of his wings. By faith and by salvation, you receive it today. And finally, number three. At Christmas, we can have faith in the kindness of God towards us. At Christmas, we can have faith in the kindness of God towards us. In verse 13 and on, we see that that Boaz continues to extend his grace and kindness to Ruth. It's this kindness of Ruth that begets the kindness of God. This kindness of God extends to the kindness of Boaz that Boaz says here, not only am I going to let you glean my field, but I'm going to let you even glean from my workers. I'm going to put you, uh, because doing this is is a risk unto herself for a a woman to be by herself. Could be uh, ridiculed, could be unsafe. She could be taken advantage of, but Boaz protected her. Be with my women workers be uh, my men are instructed to leave you alone all these things are ways that boaz is showing kindness then he says at the end of the day come over and eat with us get filled up to satisfaction uh, we see that he gives and at the end of the day she takes out an ephah of barley, which is similar to after she's beat it out and threshed it and all that, and she takes it home almost like a good size of dog food. She's taking this home that would feed her and Naomi for many weeks to come. And Naomi's words tip us off the fact that they understand that it is God in his kindness that has blessed them both physically, but also with the possibility to meet with the Redeemer. In chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May the Lord bless him because he has not abandoned his kindness to the living or the dead. Naomi continued, The man is a close relative. He is one of our family redeemers. As I keep reading this, We quickly think that she's talking about Boaz, but let's read it again. May the Lord bless him because he has not abandoned his kindness. I believe Naomi is talking about the Lord's kindness to us, his kindness to them. And why we can put our faith in God is because God's infinite kindness to us. Brother, sister, think back to a time when someone overwhelmed you with kindness. Kindness that it was something someone said or did that was unexpected, some nice thing that you would have never thought of, something that you were simply overwhelmed, not at the gift or whatever, but that it was just kind, that you were filled with joy and love. This is how we should feel at Christmas, because there's nothing we deserve from God We certainly deserve coal in our stocking, but there's nothing from God that we deserve except alienation, judgment, and death because we disobeyed, we've rejected, we've we've ran away from him, but God, whom we have sinned against, came out of heaven and came to us and not only came but died for us so that we might live. Brothers and sisters, this is the ultimate ultimate display of God's kindness, that He came at Christmas. Titus 3, 4 through 7, listen to this. But when the kindness of our God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He poured out the Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, that is the display of God's kindness, that we who deserve alienation, who deserve death, who do not deserve Him, in his kindness and mercy and grace, gave us Jesus, that we receive him as redeemer. As Boaz is said as the redeemer of this story, that it would point to the future Jesus that comes from Bethlehem, we can see this wonderful traits of the kindness of our redeemer. Just like Boaz, Jesus is a redeemer who notices our need. Boaz looked over the field and saw someone in need, someone who was out of sorts, someone who was destitute. God, in his infinite, wonderful kindness, looked through all eternity and saw that you had a need in him. This Redeemer loves you and notices our need. A Redeemer, Boaz, in the same way, his kindness is the same as Jesus, our Redeemer, who welcomes the outsider. Just as the foreman who might have to put out Ruth because she was a foreigner has an embarrassment of, of the owner. Instead, what does this Redeemer do? Say, All is welcome in my field. Our Redeemer is someone who welcomes. In John 3, if we are born again, we know, or we're not outside the family of God, we are brought in. We are now fellow citizens and saints and part of God's household does the kindness of this redeemer who does that through us we see a redeemer in Boaz who in Jesus a redeemer who gives abundant grace Boaz gives Ruth the first pick of the remnants to allow her to follow his very workers and even to set some extra aside, not because of who she was but because of grace in the same way we see a redeemer who gives abundant grace by giving of himself, by giving away for us to be born again. And through Boaz and our future redeemer, we one who gives refuge from the Lord. Ruth asked, why do I find refuge here, my Lord? Why have you been so kind to me? I'm not like one of your women. Maybe we would say the same thing to our Lord. God, why would you find favor in me? And I think a characteristic of all Christians and a mark of someone who's in the family of God has an unshakable sense that we know that we don't deserve to be here. That we know that there's nothing about us that we belong. Oh, we're pretenders. We don't belong in the big room. But God in his graciousness has given us his son so that we are welcomed into his family. We have been provided a redeemer who welcomes the outsider and makes us a child in the harvest of God's field. How great this redeemer, Boaz, but how much greater is the one Jesus who comes in Bethlehem a thousand years later that we who put our faith in him, we find this and more. So how much faith do you give God in your everyday life? How much do you put your faith in him for salvation? Do you still fall back into working and trying to please him? Do you still look work to try to control things that you know that God is already controlling? Remember, Jesus said that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. We need to put our faith in this God and Redeemer. The Lord's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi or Ruth or their husbands who have passed. It was the Lord who bound Ruth and Naomi in love. It was the Lord who preserved Boaz for Ruth. Ruth didn't just happen to come above Boaz's field. The light of God's love has broken through for Naomi to see that the Lord is kind and we can take refuge in him. Brother and sister, would you be astonished every day throughout Christmas and every day of the year that the kindness of the grace of God and at Christmas, let us put our faith in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this wonderful example and the events in the life of Ruth and how it connects us to the events in a manger in Bethlehem. May we, God, Place our faith in you, greater in the things of of what we do every day. But God, I pray that if there's someone here, someone watching at home, listening at home, may God, they put their faith in you for the first time today, that they would be brought into the family by a kind and loving God. We're thankful for this. In Jesus'
0: name. Would you stand to your feet? Let's respond in thankfulness and worship to the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Mystery of the cross. Amen. Hey. your team. now. So we just grab a seat, let's watch this video together.
6: Greetings from London, England. My name is Mike McCoy. My wife, Grace, and I are the IMB city leaders for this great city. And we had the amazing privilege a couple weeks ago of hosting Sean and Mark to help them better understand uh, the reality and state of the work here in London. Uh, historically, London has seen incredible movements of God from Wilberforce to Wesley to Spurgeon. But The grim reality is these days, only about of the population would consider themselves born-again evangelical believers in Jesus Christ. With with over 300 languages spoken daily, over 200 nations that are represented, the nations are here. Over 50% of the population is from someplace other than the UK. And as we think about uh, engaging the city and what partnership looks like with your church, number one is you can pray. Pray that God would move that he would use us and our local partners to push back the darkness uh, in this city that more and more people would have opportunity to respond to Christ and to see disciples made and healthy reproducing churches planted. Two is that we would continue to explore what partnership look like would look like with your church to come to be boots on the ground to see strategy and vision accomplished here in this city. And three that you would pray about how you would give sacrificially to the upcoming Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Every penny of that offering goes to support families like us, the McCoys, and our team, so that we can focus 100% of our attention on engaging the lost and mobilizing the, the existing church to see the kingdom come in greater ways here in this city. So please pray and ask how God would have you partner with us here in London. Lord bless you.
3: We're thankful for the McCoys and other families uh, there in London, but also other families throughout the world who represent Southern Baptist churches and our collective ministry together. So this time of year, we encourage you to give sacrificially to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Next Sunday, we'll do our annual March to the Manger, where we encourage people to bring our gift to the manger that we'll have set up here And so this is an opportunity for you to give a special gift above and beyond in a sacrificial way because every bit of it goes to help someone, some missionary, uh, just like our Richard family that's been sent out, just like the McCoys and so many others. And so we want to be able to give in a great way. So please think about that outside at the Next Steps desk. We do encourage you, and, or maybe you got them as you came in. Did you get the prayer guides when you come in to, came in today? Okay, perfect. So make sure specifically that you pray this week. Take that guide, pray every day, make sure that you do that. Also, uh, take the envelope or take a... Uh, think about how you might come and bring an offering next week, but please pray as that's vital as well. So uh, we're thankful for this giving. We're thankful for all the missionaries that are on the field, almost four thousand that we're excited about and what they're doing. And so uh, we're thankful that we have an opportunity to give. Uh, March to, the, so I said that March to the Major next week. Uh, also next Sunday. <clears throat> fireside christmas i strongly really encourage you to go by the next steps desk pick up one of those invitation cards and take it to someone this week invite someone to come with you as your guest we'd love to have this place packed next sunday night at six o'clock the special music the choir the quartet uh, other special things are going on our bible reading for our with our kids we're going to have so many different things and of course the surprise at the end of the service that you don't want to miss We do encourage you. uh, We do need lots more people to bake cookies. So uh, if you like to do that, please go across the hallway. On the bulletin board is a place to sign up for cookies. So please do so today. And then also, uh, they have asked me that you bring them next Sunday morning uh, to church so that we can know and have them ready and set up for Sunday night. So please bring those next week. Uh, also, there's practice today at 4, so if you're involved in that, we will see you at 4 today. Today, there will also be a brief business meeting, uh, information meeting right after church. Then there will be the quarterly business meeting on the 19th, uh, so please make sure you plan to be here. And then Christmas Eve on, on 24th, 6 o'clock, maybe invite your friends or your family that you normally spend time with, bring them here. Now, this is an exciting time. We have two families that are coming forward for membership that we want you to uh, uh, get to know a little bit this morning. So we're going to w- invite the Wygan family and the Guzman family to come. So they're going to come forward. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, to my right, to your left, we have Mark and Katie Wygan They have come here. They... Uh, uh, Wegan, thank you. Wegan, Mark and Katie Wegan, they have come from communist China back to the freedom of America, and they are uh, living here, and uh, God honored, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they have served in ministries over overseas, and now they're coming here. And uh, they found their home here, and their daughter's going to Twelve Stones, and we're excited about them. And they've come to join Hebrew Baptist. If you're excited as I am, do you say hallelujah? Yeah. And then also, to my left and to your right, we have Daniel and Linda Guzman. They are um, Heather Haddo's parents, and so you know that family already. And so they have come uh, to join us in family of faith. They are very big in soul care and counseling ministry, and they've wanted to come and join in our family of faith to help us in that area, encourage us, and so I'm excited, Uh, you, would you say, uh, uh, if you're excited about the Goosewoods, would you say, amen, amen, Amen. Amen. yeah. Now, it is your job as the family of faith to get to know these families over the next couple of weeks as we will bring them officially into the life of the church. Uh, And that begins right after our service. Right now, you can come up and introduce yourself to them and uh, give them the right hand of fellowship and in- encourage them uh, by coming here to Hebrew Baptist Church. So uh, right now, if you're a guest, we're glad that you're here. Make sure you have that Connect card finished so I can meet you at the, double, uh, at the Next Steps desk. If you have any questions about, um, uh, about life groups or anything else, we encourage you to go by there. And somebody's pointing something. Yeah. Oh, WMU meets today at 4 o'clock. It's, I had it right here. It was very large, and I missed it. It was the largest thing I had. Four o'clock today, WMU downstairs. If you're uh, if you're excited about a video like that with Mike McCoy, come at four o'clock. If you're a woman, come enjoy all the things they do both here in Northern Kentucky and all that they do to support missions at four o'clock. Uh, if you're a guest, meet me at the Next Step Stable. Uh, come meet the uh, Wiegan family and the Guzman family and uh, in about 10 minutes we'll start our our, our little meeting all right god bless